Welcome to News in Focus with your host, Chris Long, president of the Ohio Christian Alliance. Stay tuned for an analysis and conversation about the issues that matter most to you and your family. Here now with this week's edition of News in Focus is Chris Long. And welcome to this edition of News in Focus. We're glad that you've joined us. Well, on this segment, we're going to focus on the State House. As uh, in Columbus, the budget is about to be passed. But more importantly, calls are entering into the offices of state representatives and to Speaker Jason Stevens' office, asking the Speaker to put HJR1 on the floor for a vote. I'm going to give you that number right off the bat. That's uh, The Speaker's number is 614-466-1366. We ask that you call the Speaker, politely ask him to put HJR1, that's the House House Joint Resolution that will raise the Constitutional Amendment passage by 60%. It passed the Resolutions Committee last week on Wednesday, and we needed to come to the floor for a vote this week so that we can have a August special election uh, primary, or just a special election, excuse me, in August, where we can vote on the 60% threshold. So let me read to you the statement from the Ohio Christian Alliance, the action alert we put out the other day. The 60% constitutional amendment increase has reached a critical point. H.R. 1 passed out of the Constitutional Resolutions Committee on Wednesday, making the discharge petition of no effect. The bill is now in the purview of the Speaker's power as to when it will come to the floor for a vote. There is only one day scheduled, and of course that's uh, Wednesday, tomorrow, and we ask that you call and have the speaker put it on the floor for a vote. There's only one other session day before the time runs out on May 5th. This really has to get done by May 5th. And if it doesn't, then there won't be an August special election. We won't be voting on it before the November election. And this is all about the following. Uh, According to our sources at Ohio Right to Life, they have secured 60 members of the Ohio General Assembly who have said that they pledge to support the 60% threshold when it comes to the floor for a vote. To be on the August ballot, it must pass before May 5th and head off the November abortion ballot issue, and we urge you to call today. And that is, again, the number is 614-466-1366. You can go to our website, Ohio Christian Alliance. Just search that. Right at the top is the icon call, Speaker Stevens. You can click on that and send him an email as well. Both will serve the purpose, and I want to thank you for doing that. Well, we're going to talk about all things Statehouse right now with our good friend Greg Lawson of the Buckeye Institute, and he's with us on the phone. And again, this is uh, lots of things are on the table for the budget. Greg, welcome to the program. Thanks for having me on, Chris. Really appreciate it. Well, thank you for uh, taking time out to join us, and of course, uh, you know, last week was high drama with the discharge petition and then the Constitutional Resolutions Committee uh, and what happened there with the bill passed out of committee. And, and just want to thank the listeners who actually called on the discharge petition. Thank you. We ended up having 32 signatures on the discharge petition. We needed 50. Uh, but this is how it works. A discharge petition puts it directly on the floor if you get 50 signatures the next time they call session, meaning the speaker. Uh, when it passed out of committee, it now is in the authority of the Speaker's control, and he can call for the vote or not call for the vote on HJR1, and that's what we're all uh, concerned about here is what 
Speaker Jason Stevens may do, but we're all uh, wanting him to bring it to the floor for a vote in time so that both uh, the bill that would allow for a special election in August, along with HJR1, to be on that ballot for Ohioans to vote to raise the threshold to 60% to safeguard the Ohio Constitution, because really we've lived under the gun for too many years now with the state constitution being at risk anytime somebody comes in with a big checkbook and wants to uh, basically amend our state constitution, not just change a law in Ohio, folks, but change the Constitution. Greg, I know you have some thoughts along those lines. Your thoughts? Sure. Uh, look, the, the Constitution is the core document uh, for the state of Ohio. Uh, it's the skeleton upon which you kind of build everything else out. Um, there's a lot of ways that people can influence how we do statutes. Obviously, you know, you like legislators to do it. You come and testify to the legislature, talk to members of the General Assembly in both the House and Senate. Uh, there's also processes in place where you can do initiated statutes in the state of Ohio, where you can put things on the ballot directly right now and modify the Ohio Revised Code, which is the Book of Laws. And I think the issue that we are seeing, we've seen a lot over the years. And look, the Buckeye Institute has come out previously. There were there were efforts years ago to, to do some modifications to the Constitution to protect the Constitution. Uh, and we were for it then because it was very evident uh, that the Constitution was being frequently hijacked uh, by special interests. And this is an issue that uh, goes across many different uh, policy areas. Uh, you know, we we ended up with uh, gambling, you know, casinos in Ohio. That's put in the Constitution. As a matter of fact, they literally put the longitude and latitude and the plots of land of the different casinos in the state of Ohio are literally put into the Constitution. Not not revised code, but the Constitution. And I'm sure you'll remember this, Chris. Back in the day, they actually had to run a second statewide uh, issue uh, to change the Constitution a second time because they wanted to move the location of the one in Columbus uh, to a different geographic location, so they had to run an entire statewide campaign to change the direct or the exact location of a casino in the Constitution. That's the kind of stuff that shouldn't be in the Constitution. It shouldn't be littering the Constitution. Obviously, we have uh, you know a lot of hot issues down there at the state house and concerns about what's going to be on the ballot this November. But I'll tell you too, there's other issues that are coming down the pike. There's a big uh, minimum wage push coming from a lot of uh, unions to push to increase the minimum wage dramatically here in Ohio, which will actually hurt uh, small businesses across the state. We'll have plenty of time to talk about that. There looking to maybe do that in, in next November of November of 2024, I should say, not, not this one, but next year. But again, these are things that shouldn't be put in the Constitution. These are things that should be dealt with uh, through the statute. Elect members, kick them out of office if you don't like them, or if you really want to, go and do some of these initiated statutes. But don't let a bunch of special interests from outside Ohio uh, come in and do it. We don't want to turn into California, and that is what, quite frankly, is at risk uh, right now is that uh, anybody with a big enough checkbook can come in, change things, and before you know it, uh, we're going to be like California. And if you look at what's happening out there, people are leaving the state. They're going to freer states because they don't like all the stuff that gets uh, put in and layered on top of itself in the Constitution out there. We shouldn't aspire to that. Well, that's right. We're talking with Greg Lawson of the Buckeye Institute. He is the senior analyst with the Buckeye Institute in Columbus, Ohio. It is a uh, policy think tank, and uh, they weigh in on public policy at the state of Ohio. They're 
actually a go-to organization as far as research is concerned when uh, public policy is being considered. And of course, uh, this week, of course, in the Ohio State House is the budget, and so many things are in the budget. There are proposals for uh, expanding educational choice options in Ohio. Now, of course, the backpack bill, of which we support, there was a version in the Ohio Senate. Sandy O'Brien was on this program earlier this year uh, talking about her bill that uh, is in committee, in the Education Committee in the Senate. Uh, it would be educational choice for every Ohio school child, meaning public school, private school, uh, that you would basically choose the school you would go to and you would get the voucher of the expense of that year's school for the child would be able to be applied to a certified school in the state of Ohio. And that's really school choice. That's universal school choices, I think, as she termed it. Uh, there's a similar measure in the Ohio House, uh, but uh, basically I think that an amended version of that is being considered as part of the budget. Uh, Greg, tell us about what's happening with Ed Choice and what could we possibly expect in this budget? Sure. Uh, well, the first thing is the budget is going to be clearing the House tomorrow. It passed out of the Finance Committee just a few hours ago today, which means it's expected to be on the floor tomorrow, Wednesday. Uh, I expect it'll, it'll, it'll pass, and then it will go to the Senate. They've already started having some initial hearings in the Senate, uh, but, of course, uh, once they get the House version of the bill, it kind of kicks into the next uh, kind of into overdrive over in the Senate. Uh, what we're going to see is the House did a good thing. Uh, the House built upon a proposal that the governor put into the budget initially, which is to increase the income eligibility uh, for Ed Choice recipients. Right now, in the current law, it's 250% of the federal poverty guidelines. So what uh, the governor did, and we were, were happy that he did this, was to increase that or propose to increase that to 400% of the federal poverty guidelines. And then uh, what the House has recently done is actually increase that again, uh, by another 50%, so they've gone up to 450%. And so just to kind of put this into a little bit of a, of a, of a perspective here, uh, if you have a household of four individuals in a household here in 2023, uh, that'd be 400% uh, is up to a total of 120000 So the 100% guideline is $30,000 uh, for a household of four. So it'd be four times that. And so that will greatly increase the number of families, uh, not super, super wealthy families, by the way, just, you know, a lot of middle class families and a good hardworking families, a lot of blue collar families, a lot of families that have teachers or nurses uh, or plumbers or what have you that are in their household actually fall well above what the current guidelines are for Ed Choice. So this, in this increase is a very, very good thing. However, uh, while we want to applaud the House for the steps they've taken, such as it is, uh, we think that there's a critical opportunity here to go far uh, further than that, and we certainly are hopeful that the Senate will move forward. Uh, you had Sandy, Senator Sandy O'Brien on. We echo a lot of the things that Senator O'Brien was saying. We think now is the time to where you can actually, frankly, eliminate these income guidelines and make the Ed Choice Scholarship universally available to families that want it. And there's several reasons why that should happen, and it should happen now. First of all, We've got the funding to do it. Ohio is in a very good position fiscally. As a result, unfortunately, it happened because of all the terrible things that happened with COVID, but we have an incredible amount of revenue surplus here in the state of Ohio, billions of dollars of extra money. In fact, it's so much money that the House is 
struggling to find ways to spend all that money. Um, so it's really the cup runneth over on revenues. If there was ever a time when we could do something to afford, uh, afford to do something big with enhancing school choice options for every family here in the state of Ohio, uh, this is the time to do it. We have funding that's able to do that. We also have funding that can allow us to do tax reform, which will help make Ohio a more competitive place economically and for job growth, a uh, more attractive place for people to come and move. And we think those are the two things that the Senate should really spend its time focusing on when they get the House version of the budget is working on, on more tax reform and working to make sure that every family and uh, in, in every community is able to take advantage of maximum school choice options. Well, very good. We're again, we're talking with Greg Lawson. He's a research fellow at the Buckeye Institute. The Buckeye Institute can be found uh, just really good search that buckeyeinstitute.org uh, and find the fine work that they do conservatively on public policy here in the state of Ohio. Uh, Greg, as we talked about educational choice with a large expansion with Governor DeWine, although it is short of uh, what we're talking about is universal school choice, what we see in other states with the backpack bill, uh, which would basically say that every student in the state of Ohio uh, that's going to public schools would be able to apply for uh, the voucher, take it with them to the school of their choice, uh, whether that's a, um, you know, one of the uh, Christian school, public school, private school, they would be able to, to choose their school, and it would be a full-out school choice. Obviously, the uh, teachers' union is uh, against that. I'm sure that they're uh, wringing their hands about this large increase. Uh, I would applaud that as well with you. I agree that raising the eligibility to 450% above the poverty level, and a lot more Ohioans will have access to educational choice in the state of Ohio. But it is coming up short of what we would term a backpack bill or universal educational choice. Your thoughts on that? Well, it does. And, and you know, there's a lot of things that we need to do to uh, really get money to fully follow the students to go in that backpack. Um you know, the first one of the things that I think we really want to see is we want to see the eligibility expanded and, and to be able to make it universally available. Uh, in the long run, uh, we want to see things like education savings accounts, which are actually sort of an addition to it sort of builds on vouchers and it even goes beyond what vouchers do uh, because it allows families to be able to choose amongst a whole bunch of different education options as opposed to just being able to you know, you get this and you usually use that for tuition oftentimes to private schools, which is a very, very good thing, by the way. We really are huge fans of the Ed Choice program and have been ever since the beginning of the program in the mid-2000s. And even before that, the Cleveland Scholarship, as you remember, was the first voucher here in the state of Ohio and one of the first ones nationally. Uh, so it's a very important uh, program. But uh, we are seeing some other states do some incredibly innovative things. Uh, we're seeing states go to universal. Uh, we've seen states like Arizona do this. Iowa has recently done this. Florida is, is doing this as well. Um, that's why we think it's so important for Ohio to act now, uh, at least with the Ed Choice program, and make it universally available because uh, Ohio was a leader in school choice for a long time. In fact, we are the state that had the, uh, the initial case that went all the way to the U.S. Supreme Court that uh, validated that uh, vouchers were constitutional across the whole country. It was a case that, uh, regarding the Cleveland Scholarship Program. Our first uh, voucher program in Ohio came right here. It was hugely important uh, for everything that we've seen happen across the country. So we've, we've been a great leader in Ohio, uh, in Ohio over the time, uh, t for decades now, or at least several decades. 
But we are running the risk, if we don't move forward and go big right now, of falling behind the states that I mentioned earlier. Again, a state like Arizona, Iowa, Florida, these are states that are going big, uh, very bold, and very big. We have the funding available to do that now in Ohio. Like I said, with those big revenue surpluses, uh, which basically means we've just taken in way more money for a whole host of economic reasons, uh, more than we would usually do. And, and not all of it's going to be around in the future. Some of this is going to be one-time funding. But this gives us the opportunity to do something different and bigger. And um, I just would, would say one other thing, which is uh, not only do we have the revenue to do it, not only is it the right thing to do, not only does it keep us up with other states, but importantly, as you well know, Chris, we have seen incredible learning loss in the wake of the school closures and during the COVID pandemic. Uh, and, and so school choice gives families an ability to be able to get the right fit for their students. And as you all also know, you may have three kids in your household. Two of them are going to go to the district school like they always have. Maybe one doesn't because they need something a little bit different that meets their needs. And that's what universal school choice means. That's what it could mean if we get rid of the um, uh, the poverty guideline requirements for eligibility is that we can have families do that and close some of these learning gaps that have emerged uh, here in Ohio and nationally too, but but we need to do it for, for our little Buckeyes. We need to get them going. We need to improve this situation and make sure that they uh, aren't stuck in a situation where they're behind for an entire rest of their life because this can have some really terrible effects for people's if, if they don't get these uh, learning loss uh, gaps closed uh, that really emerged in the wake of COVID. So there's so many reasons to do this and to do it now uh, because there's a golden opportunity and it's, a, there's, it's unlikely uh, that we're going to have such a good moment uh, happen again in, in the future, anytime in the near future. And parents are choosing uh, private school, pub, uh, which is basically Christian schools, uh, whether Catholic or Protestant schools, or classical education uh, that basically teaches the three R's and not the radical uh, woke agenda that's currently in uh, the public schools in which uh, parents are learning that their uh, minor children are being um, uh, talk about transitioning their sex and LGBTQ radical agenda and sexualizing our children. This is what parents are concerned about, and it's the public education with the Radical Teachers Union, the NEA. Lots of older teachers, they don't recognize the teachers union they once advocated for, and they're like, what in the world is going on? Because really a Marxist doctrine of really uh, socializing our children uh, to a very leftist worldview is being pushed in the public schools. Parents want options, and they want out, uh, and that's why school choice is so important. You know, there's another uh, bill in the Ohio Senate called Senate Bill 83, and you and I have talked about this before, and I know I've talked to some Ohioans. You've been on the calls as well that are concerned about what higher education, our colleges and universities, are pushing on our students when we, we do get them through high school. We send them on to higher education for the degrees, and they're being socialized. They're being really propagandized in uh, higher education in the colleges and universities by Marxists, leftists, communists, and, uh, you know, people, Ohioans who work every day for a living, pay their taxes and see a portion of their tax money going to support higher education, and they're saying, wait a second, this is anti-American dogma, this is not the principles I stand for, or of the American principles, what's going on at the university? They're making... Uh, uh, my student, you know, my uh, 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 child into some kind of little Marxist uh, uh, radical that, uh, you know, is going to be part of Antifa or BLM or something like that. 
So there's a bill out there that uh, is sponsored in the Ohio Senate, House Bill 83. It had hearings last week, and the political left showed up because they know what they're doing at these higher education, uh, basically these universities and colleges, and they don't want uh, there to be pushback by the Ohio taxpayer. Your thoughts about that? Well, well, absolutely. Well, actually, we testified. I testified personally in front of that committee last week. There was uh, over 100 people who testified. Uh, there were there was a previous hearing where several uh, proponents had come out, uh, but I, I I was there along with a uh, sitting House member actually, uh, a new freshman legislator Josh Williams uh, came in and he actually gave uh, firsthand very stirring uh, testimony, firsthand account of some of the things that he uh, confronted at the University of Toledo Law School. He's an African American uh, uh, attorney now, but he went to law school and, and confronted some of the things that you were talking about from an indoctrination standpoint. But he's a African American. He's a Republican uh, uh, legislator now, and he took time out of his day to go testify in the other chamber on a bill that wasn't even his bill. God bless uh, so him. I really give him a, a, a round of applause. But we, I testified in front of that committee. Uh, the important thing is there's a lot of things in Senate Bill 83. It's a very big bill that has a lot of different moving pieces. But here's the bottom line: uh, we need accountability. Uh, we need to make sure the universities are places where there is true freedom of speech, freedom of thought. We don't want uh, these. Uh, institutions that become uh, factories of, of not only indoctrination and groupthink, but the other important thing is there, of course, many of these are public universities. They're funded and subsidized, largely subsidized by taxpayer dollars. So it is reasonable uh, for the state legislature to put some guidelines out here, guidelines to ensure that uh, people are able to speak and speak freely. And there's a lot of hype out there about what this bill does. A lot of it is just gaslighting by people who don't actually want uh, to, to support free speech or, frankly, people who have been misled about what the, is actually in the legislation. You find this happens an awful lot these days where people will come out and droves testify against something and they actually don't really know what's in the bill. They just know what they've been told by somebody else. That's right. There's a little disillusion there. But this package is a very smart package. It has a lot of good reforms in there. Uh, it also uh, helps to, to uh, uh, empower, uh, uh, I think, uh, folks who believe in keeping an intellectually diverse environment in our universities and making sure that we're able to produce, you know, it's obviously about the search for wisdom, the search for being able to think for yourself. Uh, but another important thing is we, we need to be able to have universities that can help get people ready for the workforce. We have a lot of workforce challenges here in Ohio. And uh, you and I have talked about that over the years. These are serious, longstanding issues. And uh, we need universities to be able to be responsive to those things, too. And I think there's some provisions in the legislation that helps make sure that universities can help, uh, you know, zero in and focus on those kind of things, too, rather than getting hung up in whatever the political controversy du jour is, uh, and because that's not what uh, these places are going to be. And I think there's a lot to be spoken for it. Um, you know, and again, uh, and I think I hope people will take the time to actually read it. I'm sure there'll be a few modifications to the to the bill. There always are uh, as it goes through the process. But uh, I think I encourage people to actually read it and have a better understanding of what's actually in there uh, before they go off and uh, raise some of the issues that they have been kind of spouting off about. Absolutely. Well, Greg, thank you so much for this update from the State House, and I know we'll have you back on when the budget actually gets settled. I want to do a call to action again on uh, HGR1. We want you to call the speaker. Uh, it's imperative that you do that, that he puts HGR1 on the floor. And let me give you the number again for 
uh, Speaker Jason Stevens. That's 614-466-1366. You can just go to the Ohio Christian Alliance website for all the information. Uh, Click on the image of the speaker that's at the top of the page where it says, Call Speaker Jason Stevens and urge him to put HDR1 on the floor for a vote. Uh, Click on that. You can also send him an email and do that after hours. You can leave a message on the phone. Also send a message uh, by way of email. And again, uh, we hope to see this get on the August ballot, and we'll be giving you education about that. Greg, thanks for being my guest today. Thank you very much. Always glad to be on. Absolutely, my good friend. And we'll have you back on to uh, give us an update as well as uh, things settle out with the budget. Well, stay tuned. Talking about sexualizing our children, there's the Ohio SAFE Act, House Bill 68. State Representative Gary Click has introduced that legislation in the Ohio House to stop uh, the radical teachers' union from transitioning our children in the public schools. So stay tuned for State Representative Gary Click. They will be next. Thank you for listening. Be afraid. Be very afraid. There are those in Washington who want the IRS to take more of your hard-earned money. Are you tired of being the perpetual cash cow for every scheme, unreasonable program, and for all the fraud, waste, and abuse in our system? Well, good news. I can help. George Satari has almost 40 years of experience helping people like you keep more of what you make. It makes no sense that the more you make, the more they take. Let George help you keep your money away from the government bureaucratic waste and in your pocket. Call 216-651-1120 right now and schedule your free consultation today. Instead of a victim, you'll You'll be be the the victor. victor. With many success stories, George helps with tax planning, estate planning, financial and business analysis, and more. The new tax law has many ways to save money with retirement planning, accelerated depreciation, up to 20% exception of net earnings, and so much more. Call 216-651-1120. That's 216-651-1120. You earn it, we'll help you keep it. That's George Satari, CPA, 216-651-1120. The following is a previously aired broadcast. Welcome to News in Focus with your host, Chris Long, president of the Ohio Christian Alliance. Stay tuned for an analysis and conversation about the issues that matter most to you and your family. Here now with this week's edition of News in Focus is Chris Long. And welcome and We're glad that you've joined us for this edition of News in Focus. We're going to be getting a report from the State House on a very important piece of legislation that will protect children here in the state of Ohio from the radical agenda of the transgender movement. And this is happening all across the country, and it's happening in our state. And when you talk to some of these young people that have been through this experience, boy, I'll tell you, it's heart-wrenching to hear uh, those who have uh, been exploited with what they call gender dysphoria. And basically, uh, when young people go through adolescence, they're trying to find out who they are. And there have been really, uh, I'll be honest with you, people who um, exploit them for those purposes and tell them, well, maybe you're not really a boy. Maybe you're a girl. and Or maybe you're not really a girl. You're a boy. And you should consider transitioning to the other sex. 
It's a nightmare, folks, and it's happening here in the state of Ohio. And we have good men and women who service in public office who are willing to take a stand and to speak to the insanity of our age and to bring common reason uh, in the midst of this chaos that's going on. With me on the phone is State Representative Gary Click. Also, many of you know him as a pastor friend of ours from Fremont, Ohio. And Gary's been serving as State Representative of the, of the 88th District for the last few years. He just won re-election, and we're glad that he's with us. And we want to thank him for uh, really championing this uh, effort at the Ohio State House, what's called the SAFE Act. I'm going to let Gary tell us all about it as uh, the hearings will be coming up in the next few weeks. But uh, we appreciate all the co-sponsors of, of this legislation, and we appreciate uh, Gary uh, heading uh, this up for us at the State House. Gary, welcome to the program. Well, thank you, Chris. And, and I want to say as we start, thank you for everything that you do. Uh, with the Ohio Christian Alliance, just to get the good word out on this bill, other bills like it, and just to take a stand for what's right in our state, to protect young people, to advance the cause of righteousness. Listen, we just we need more people like you out there doing this. So thank you very much. Well, thank you, Representative. And this is the second time that you've introduced this legislation. In fact, last uh, May, it's been it's coming up almost on a year now, and I saw the right. hearings online. And uh, when you heard the testimony of those who came in to basically talk about their own personal experience um, of transitioning and then de- uh, transitioning back to their born identity of their gender, uh, I tell you, it was heart-wrenching, Gary, and it was a great job on your part and the sponsors of this bill to bring those in uh, so the committee could hear in real time what people have actually experienced. and quite honestly, how they were exploited in a time of need when they needed some counseling to help them, to strengthen them in their personal identity, and they may have had other comorbidities going on at the same time in their life. Uh, and I think science will prove that out in the studies, uh, that these are people that are vulnerable to begin with, and then there are those who exploit them to actually bring in this kind of gender confusion into their life. And the Bible says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. And when the enemy brings in that kind of confusion on someone of their very basic nature of who God designed us to be, male and female, and um, that that's where real trouble begins. Explain to us how this bill that you're introducing will at least protect our minors here in the state of Ohio and our school children. And thank you for doing it. Well, thank you, Chris. So the Ohio Safe Act, it's HB 68, it was 454 last year. And it prohibits the the concept or the idea or the practice, actually, of giving hormone blockers and cross-sex hormones to children, as well as it prohibits any surgeries to the children. Um, and, you know, the the Children's Hospital Association, and same on them, uh, they, were, they were really pushing hard against this bill. And the reason they push hard against this bill is because they make so much money out of exploiting these children. They want to say they want to act like they don't make money off of it, but the reality is, is Vanderbilt University Hospital was exposed for this and talking about how much money they made off of each procedure and the follow-up procedures. Uh, Dr. Rachel Levine, the uh, the who is part of the Biden administration, there are emails that came out recently about how he, yes, he uh, was out there advocating and talking about the return on investment even if the children don't transition to adulthood, but if you can capture them in this as a minor. 
uh, it's a big problem. And so we're starting off with the hormone blockers. We want to block hormone blockers. Uh, I didn't think about how that would come out, but blocking the blockers. Uh, and the reason we want to block that is because the hormone blockers is what's given to children when they start Tanner stage two of puberty, and it interrupts their brain development right off the bat. That's the first thing they want to do. Now, the truth is, Chris, that 85 to 95% of kids who go through puberty, their gender dysphoria, their gender identity disorder will resolve naturally. And many kids have gender identity disorder for various reasons. Uh, and it's not, the, but the one reason it never is is because it's a boy's spirit trapped in a girl's body or vice versa. Many times they have other comorbidities. Almost always they have comorbidities such as anxiety, uh, depression, autism, um, ADHD, and there's something else that's going on. And this uh, gender dysphoria becomes the escape for this, whatever mental health issue that they're dealing with. So we should not belittle those children. We should not think poorly of those children. We should love those children. In fact, there have been many instances where the child struggles with this because they are, have suffered from abuse uh, from someone and maybe someone close to them, maybe someone not. Uh, whether it's sexual abuse or just violence or something uh, such as that that enters into their life, and this becomes their escapism or their route out. There are times when the, it's the result of FDIA, which is factitious disorder and another. Uh, that used to be called Munchausen syndrome by proxy. And uh, someone in their life, there's a, a lady by the name of Amber Bingle who describes how her daughter uh, told her that she was really a boy from the womb, and that appears on a TED Talk. And so it's sometimes it's the mothers or the parents who are imposing this on their children. I would not say every time, but there's many reasons a child suffers from this. But if they go through puberty naturally, 85 to 95% of them will self-resolve. But when you put them on puberty blockers, you disallow them from going through that natural process, that natural remedy, and that natural cure. And then what happens is these, the, the physicians and the counselors will put them on cross-sex hormones or opposite-sex hormones or, uh, pr more appropriately, wrong-sex hormones, which will further confuse that child. And uh, each time they go through this, there's a sense of euphoria that the child uh, gains in, in opposition to the dysphoria. You know, euphoria good, dysphoria bad. And so they get that sense of euphoria, but that euphoria wears off after a while. And then we have right here in Ohio, we have proof of this in Ohio, uh, young girls as, as young as 16 years old are getting double mastectomies. Uh, and sometimes even after only one visit in counseling. And uh, that's horrendous. You know, and we ha we just recently had Chloe Cole. Now, Chloe's from California. She's not from Ohio. But science is the same. The experience is the same no matter what state you're in. And uh, she went through this. They were given her testosterone from the age of 12. And then uh, at the age of 15, they gave her the double mastectomy. And then at the age of 16, she, she kind of wakes up a little bit and she says, what did you allow me to do? And she began, and it was in a biology class where they were talking about, you know, mothers breastfeeding. And she thought, you know what? I'll never be able to do that. And uh, and so she began to uh, detrans, and, and and she went back to her birth sex and so forth. 
And at the age of 17, she came to Ohio and testified. We were the first place that she testified. Now you can see her everywhere, all over the nation. She was just at CPAC recently speaking on this topic. And then I had her back uh, via Zoom just uh, about a week ago to uh, do a video interview with me, along with uh, a lady named Kelly from Ohio who suffered gender dysphoria as a child. And we did that to bring attention to uh, D-Trans Awareness Day, which is March the 12th every year. And, in fact, we offered a, a bill uh, just this last week on uh, D- to name March 12th as D-Trans Awareness Day uh, every year. Well, we're talking with State Representative Gary Click of the 88th District. He's from the Fremont area. Uh, he's also a pastor, and as I've told him, his highest calling will always be that he's pastor and uh, the call of God. But he right. is bringing his morals and his uh, principles to the state house, and that's what we need men and women to do. You know, the legislature is made up of attorneys and uh, retired school teachers and businessmen, and there ought to be a few preachers down there. So uh, thank mm-hmm. God we've had a few of you over the last few years. And, Gary, i got to tell you, uh, you you take the heart of the children because, you know, in the ministry that you're in, uh, you know, obviously pastoring men and women, doing funerals, weddings, uh, Christ, you, know, uh, uh, you know, obviously dedic- child dedications and baptisms. You know, we see our young people, and you have a vibrant youth ministry, you have a Christian school, and it breaks your heart to see what our children are facing these days with the, this dysphoria of the age. Uh, basically, Satan's lie upon a generation. And basically, it is to really fight back against God. What's the very nature of who we are as individuals? Well, the very basic question to man, who am I? Why am I here? <laughs> you know, where yeah. am I going? Well, uh, who am I? Well, God made us male and female, created he them. And he made us in, in his image. So to to alter that is to take is to destroy to attempt to destroy the image of God as he's made men and women each in their roles distinctively and i i tell you it just so for our listeners and i i've got to say also you know as a, as an older ohioan i never thought we'd be facing these kinds of things right. but you know i right. i thank god that you're down there and you've really schooled yourself on a number of the terms and uh, to into the science of it and the study. And, of course, in America, we're just now experiencing this as it's exploding on the scene. And, by the way, I had Linda Harvey of Mission America on my radio program recently where she said, Chris, it's not 2 or 3%. We now have among our young people, because of the pro- promulgation of this kind of uh, theory and philosophy right. and socialization, now it's 14 to 15 percent of our young wow. people identify as LGBTQ. So this thing is big, folks, and we need to get out in front of it. Thank God we have 40 co-sponsors supporting the SAFE Act, House Bill 68. Representative, you, you will be having a hearing. Obviously, a sponsor hearing will eventually be coming, and then uh, proponent testimony. What will this look like this year? Uh, last year you did stellar. I mean, you had some great folks came in. And, and really, thank God for these brave men and women to come in and testify to tell about their own stories, because it's so heart-wrenching and it's very personal. And even some of the moms and dads whose hearts have been broken of their young people that have, uh, that were, you know, the school was advising them this. They ran away right. their minors, 
and it's like they altered their children's bodily functions. I mean, it's it's horrible. Tell us about that. Yeah, well, first of all, let me just say, Chris, we would invite anyone that you're listening to the audience that has a personal experience with this to reach out to us, because it happens to people of all sorts, and, and Christians, and as well as anyone else. And so please reach out at REP, that's Rep88, at OhioHouse.gov, and, and tell us your story, uh, and we'd like to incorporate you into this. But one of the things that we know, and, and also if you're a physician or a professional, but it's hard many times to get people to testify in these things because it's, it's kind of scary standing up in front of people and, and telling your story. And we run into that. And I, I I know some other folks right here in Ohio that have considered testifying. And they say, well, you know, I just want to focus forward and I don't want to relive the past. And, and we don't try to coerce anyone into it. But there are people who are really have experienced that. And, and really, they talk about having PTSD from it. Uh, from those experiences and from being lied to and from the abuse and so forth. And uh, they want to move on. But we have great support here in the House. The last GA was more of an educational time, bringing people up to speed on this difficult subject. We had 25 co-sponsors last year, and uh, they all thought that was that was big. But this year we got 40. We only need 50 votes to pass it. And so and I know there were people who did not uh, co-sponsor it, but they have told me they support it and that they will be there for us, and that we can get this across the finish line and into the Senate, into the House, and then uh, I believe the governor will sign this. And, and there's and been a number of others. Yeah, there's been a number of other states recently that have taken action. I believe Tennessee, uh, Utah. Uh, what are some of the other states that are moving forward with this kind of well, legislation? Well, I know it just passed. Yeah, it was several states. I know it just passed in Kentucky uh, from the House. Now it's in the Senate, and they're a little concerned in, in the Senate. Uh, Kelly, who was on the video we just did, uh, she went down there and testified. They saw the video, and, and I don't know if you're able, maybe you want to put that video in your show notes uh, for the podcast, but uh, there, or you can just check out my social media or my YouTube, and the video is there where we talked with uh, Chloe, but we also thought... We Kelly. are going to put that up on our website, and we will put it in an yeah. email, and we'll also have the written testimony Last year, Helena Kirshner, she her testimony was fantastic, and oh, she was my, from Cincinnati, twenty three year old. And I I tell you, yeah. it was very she was very well spoken. So she was we'll tremendously have... well spoken. And, and here's the thing that happened, uh, Chris, is in testimony we actually had one of the Democrats just blow up at her. So I don't know why we're even talking about this. It's a small number; it's insignificant. Well, it might be insignificant if it's not you. But when it's you and when it's your body that's been destroyed and your life that's been destroyed and your children and your family has been destroyed, it's not insignificant. And they try to minimize the experiences of these young people. And I've had to say, you know, how many children are you willing to sacrifice for your own ideology? Uh, there is no, this is contraindicated by science and by medicine, but they want to push their ideology on these kids for their own ideological purposes. It's horrible. Yeah, and thank God they're in the minority, uh, you know, because uh, that reasoning is just ridiculous to even say that to those people that came in the room so bravely and shared their testimonies of uh, what the tragedy is of this whole thing. And, of course, they're there to speak for the narrative of, uh, you know, a very... Um, the transition, you know, uh, transition LGBTQ agenda, meaning the Democrats. Right. And you know what, folks, we're just going to call them out. When a lie is a lie, we're going to call it out. We're going to tell you what the truth is. And, you know, uh, look, 
it's it's funny, Gary. You know, it's like I've had people from the time I was uh, saved, uh, a man that came out of the homosexual lifestyle. Yeah, he was actually uh, one of the ones who led our Bible study way back then. Uh, you know, they cheer me on in the work that we do all yeah. these years later. Um, we've had uh, former homosexuals on our our on our board. You know, that's a, you know, and the point of it is, people come out of these lifestyles uh, because, right. as Paul said, and such were some of you. But we've never seen the ability now where medical science is willing to alter the medical or the physical being of women and, and castration of young people. Uh, thank God for Walsh right. is out there. He's out there uh, basically blowing this thing up. But we do have doctors right. in this state. Uh, one of the things that your committee did was outed one of the medical practices in Columbus, uh, just right. by testimony, that was actually doing this. Tell us about that. Well, they weren't only doing this. Uh, they were actually exposing children to pornography as well. And uh, and uh, the, so it was Nationwide Hospital was doing this. They put the kids out there. They had a special website, and they were linking them uh, to uh, this group that would also link them to, you know, sex toys and videos about how to, uh, you know, perform fellatio and how to strip tease and things like that. And uh, they were, you know, we they we were we exposed them for that in the committee. And ironically, they didn't take it down until a week later when the Columbus Dispatch called and they said, "Hey, we want to do a story on this." We sent them all the links and they followed the links. And and you know, congratulations to Haley B. Miller from the Dispatch. She covered it honestly. And uh, she, I asked her, I said, "Did you follow the links?" She said, "Yes." I said, "What'd you think?" She says, "Well, I thought it was disturbing." And so we don't always get the press to work with us on our side, but she saw it for what it was, and she exposed it. And when she exposed it, they took it down uh, because the press made something out of it. But the hard part is, Chris, is the the press, uh, and I I won't speak for every reporter, but many of the reporters, they don't want to cover this. They they don't want to interview Chloe. Uh, I had Scott Nugent here. Scott is actually a female uh, who transitioned at the age of 42, was featured. In Matt Walsh's video, "What Is a Woman," and uh, and and we don't talk, talk. We're not tackling stuff that people do when they're adult. We're not tackling uh, their their sexual preferences. Uh, we're not tackling you know whether they're gay, lesbian, or bi. The fact is, many of the gay and lesbian people are the ones who are the victims of this. And you know, Scott says he's a lesbian trans man. Well, Scott used to be a beautiful woman named Kelly, but uh, her partner didn't want to be known as a lesbian, so she talked Scott into transitioning, or Kelly into transitioning into Scott, and then when it was all said and done, left Scott. And and so many of these, I'm just reading a book right now that just came out, because in England and other places, they're shutting these clinics down. And one of the things that they say is the cause of it is actually uh, homophobia, which I, you know, I don't necessarily buy into that word, but for what we're talking about here, you can understand this, is that there are parents who actually look at the children and say, I would have rather have a straight trans child than a gay son or a lesbian daughter. And so parents are sometimes using this as a form of conversion therapy. Uh, and so you, the victims of this are, are people who are sometimes same-sex attracted, and they're told, well, rather than be same-sex attracted, you just need to change your sex. And, and it's a wicked world we're in where you can't just love somebody. You know, I'm not saying anything that you wouldn't think I'd say. But you got to be able to love people, not tell them they got to go get surgery in order to be themselves. 
it's not authentic if it requires a syringe and a scalpel. We're talking with State Representative Gary Click of Ohio's 88th District, and we're talking about the SAFE Act. And it has uh, 40 co-sponsors in the Ohio House, and this will protect our minor children from the transitioning or the transgender movement. Uh, Gary, what we see with the Biden administration in public schools is actually trying to indoctrinate our children from a very early age. And the uh, Department of Education under the Biden administration has been pushing these materials. So this is happening with uh, parents in real time of what it's actually kind of exploded during the Biden administration. Uh, They get federal dollars into the school districts and they're pushing the agenda. Your thoughts on that? Uh, not only are they pushing the agenda, they're tell- they were telling uh, the people that if they did not participate in that agenda, that they would lose their milk money and they'd take away, you know, the uh, the free lunches for kids in their schools. And what kind of a bully does that? You know, I spoke up at the State Board of Education on that, took a bottle of milk in there with me, and I said, who steals milk money from kids? Presidents do- don't do that. Punks do that. And uh, not everybody likes that I had that to say, but we have to stand up for our kids, Chris, and that's what you're doing, and that's what I'm doing. And the fact is, is you know, and I, I'm careful how I present this um, because really we know what the Bible says, but we don't have you know, and in church that's great. And here I avoid the religious connotations because of you know people are going to want to say I'm pushing my religion, and that's a great way to get the spill overturned. And the, the truth is is, you know, if God says it, then it's also true scientifically. And so we use the scientific evidence to support this bill because the science is there. Uh, There is no science that tells us. They all want to say, I'm pushing my religion. And I say, you're the ones with the religion here. You're the ones that believe a boy's spirit is in a girl's body or vice versa. I'm just going by the science. Your DNA never changes. You know, it's either X or XY. You cannot change that. It's impossible to change that. And everything that you do, I mean, listen, these these boys who take this to become girls, they have a loss of bone density. Many of them have osteoporosis. These girls, their spines are not fusing together. Uh, They have a higher risk of heart attacks, stroke, cancer. They have lifelong complications. Scott Nugent has infections all the time, all the time. Scott was experiencing an infection when she was here. And, And just... The health complications and the health risks do not justify what they are doing, but it's more profit-driven. They make money off of it, and they're pushing the agenda. They are not looking out for the best interests of these children, which is why the Tapas stock is closing down in London. It's why they're closing these clinics down in, in, uh, in uh, uh, Finland. It's why they're closing them down in France. It's why they're closing them down in Sweden. Everywhere that was got there before we did, they're looking at the results. This is the most, well, to me, one of the most significant results is that you are... 19, that's right. And that's why we're going to shut it down here in Ohio. We're going to shut it down here right. in Ohio. We're going to rally around House Bill 68, the SAFE Act, with Representative Gary Click. Thank you, Representative, for being our guest today on the program. Thank you, Chris. God bless you, my friend. We'll be praying for you. And thank you you all for listening. If you missed any of today's program, you can hear it in its entirety at our website at ohioca.org. And we'll also have the testimonies up of these people as well on this issue. You have been listening to News in Focus with your host, Chris Long, president of the Ohio Christian Alliance. 
To learn more about the issues that matter most to you and your family, visit online at ohioca.org. That's ohioca.org. Thank you for listening. This program is sponsored by the Ohio Christian Alliance of Akron, Ohio.